Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Hey folks, uh, this is Earl live now. Good morning. It's also Earl with an echo, but uh, I can deal with that. I hope you're not having to deal with it. If the folks in the control room and elsewhere can figure out uh, how to eliminate the echo, it would probably be handy. I'm going to take my headphones off right now so I don't hear my own echo. Anyway, um, for all you newbies, I've got to tell you that you're going to have some fun if you stay tuned. This is a show unlike any show, radio show or otherwise, that you've ever listened to. It's, uh, as I said in the introduction, which was recorded how not to be ripped off or taken advantage of when you're buying, leasing, or maintaining a car. Uh, this is candid. This is uh, live. Uh, this is honest. I am a car dealer, in full disclosure. I've been a car dealer since 1968. That's a long time, over 50 years, over half a century. And I started out doing it the wrong way. I started out taking advantage of people, bait-and-switch advertising, all the things that I rail about or rail against today. And because I've been there and done that, I'm kind of like a jewel thief that uh, got caught, did his time, and then was released, and now he's working for the FBI. I am able to go into a dealership, and I do this on my mystery shopping report. Uh, this is the highlight of the show. I can go into a dealership and pretend to buy a car and tell you all the tricks, everything that was done um, that was not right. And sometimes they're illegal. So this is an exciting show. And uh, you'll learn something, I promise you. Chances are you drive a car. If you're uh, in Florida, you almost have to drive a car. And uh, you, it's kind of like having a root canal. I wrote a blog article, uh, which would you rather do, have a root canal or a, a colonoscopy maybe, or whatever it was, uh, is preferable to buying a car, leasing a car. In fact, even maintaining and repairing a car, because the service department is a minefield too. And... I could go into why this is happening and why this one industry, the retail auto industry, has fallen into this type of trap of uh, deceiving and lying and cheating and so on and so forth to take advantage. Uh, we've got the control guy in here now trying to figure out why I'm getting a, an echo. I've got about a uh, one second, uh, maybe a two second delay. That would drive me crazy. It's about ready to drive me nuts. But oh, yeah. I've, I've got my headphones off so I can deal with it. And uh, we'll play around with the control panel here. Uh, this radio station is an excitement in terms of technology because we're moving fast in technology and we're trying to keep up. So yeah. please and anything excuse can a little happen. Anything because we're live. We are live. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, besides uh, the excitement of the Mystery Shopping Report, which will be later in the show, we have a unique individual in the studio here, Rick Kearney, introduced earlier. Uh, Rick Kearney is an expert on all I start to say the mechanics, but it's really the electronics, the technicalities of cars. Um, 
he knows everything there is to know. I know that's a slight exaggeration, but he knows 99% of what you need to know about cars, mechanics, technology. They're really computers. They're rolling computers today. And if you have a problem, and who doesn't have a problem with a car, I challenge anyone out there driving a car to look me in the eye and say, there's not something on that car you don't understand. Now, 30 years ago, I wouldn't have said that. Uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you knew everything about the car. A lot of folks knew what would, under the hood, they could even identify the components. And when you're driving the car, you knew how to work the radio and the heater. And, you know, it was pretty basic back in those days. Today, you fix it yourself. there are buttons you've never pushed. Tina will be right with you. Oh, I'm glad that Tina's holding because she is our leading caller, yeah. and she is a female caller, which is, makes it even more exciting. It's also an indicator that uh, my laptop is working. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to indicator. I'm going to ask you to please call Rick later on the show because he's going to be on vacation uh, in December sometime, right? You're going to take a, a week off? The 16th of December. Yeah. Yep. So um, take full advantage of Rick today and up until December 16th because we miss Rick very much. He's a very integral, important part of the show. Yes. Now we got to get to Tina. Yes, we do. Good morning, Tina. Welcome. Uh-oh. Oh, there she is. Hey, Tina. Hi, how are you? I'm on speakerphone. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't, I don't know if Earl can. He, he looks concerned. <laughs> I've, I've got the satellite delay as well. Oh, okay, okay. I got. I can hear you, this Tina. This is me with a satellite delay. Yeah. No, it's bad. It's bad? I'm still getting the delay. Go ahead, Tina. So, we'll, Tina, yeah. it's great to hear from you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for opening up the show. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the honor. Um, we need to talk about the man, the myth, the crazy person, Elon Musk. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think he is playing an early April Fool's Day joke on us. I really can't believe he came out with that horrific uh, Cybertruck. <laughs> we were just talking about that before the show. The Cybertruck. Oh, boy. <laughs> so you like it, then? <laughs> you bought one. <laughs> okay. No. He makes some of the most beautiful, beautiful vehicles that have ever been produced. Those Teslas are gorgeous cars. And you know this because you've seen them in person. But this truck, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think he's laughing at himself. Exactly I, really do. I think he fooled everyone for his own self-promotion. I mean, you got to admit, the guy's a genius at marketing himself. But oh Absolutely. <laughs> He's a modern-day P.T. Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> so what we were saying earlier is we thought that it looked like he built that himself in his garage. Um, it looks like stolen wheels and cardboard and a lot of duct tape. Exactly. It kind of reminds me of the Starship uh, that, that that just blew up recently. It kind of looks like a do-it-yourself, like a DIY project. <laughs> now maybe, hey, maybe it's just it's just a prototype, right? It's just a prototype, I think, right? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure when you're going to be able to purchase that. <laughs> I think you can order now. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> What did he say? Hundred dollar deposit? I don't think so. <laughs> well, if it's a hundred dollars, I'll do it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm. I don't know if I'll ever take delivery of it. If I'm gonna, and I wouldn't, and I don't say throw away. But if I'm going to let's say give away or use hundred dollars, 
it's going to go to Big Dog Ranch. Oh, that's so. that's much better. I, I'm 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 sorry, I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the the specs on it are pretty impressive. If it works, that would be the world's fastest truck, I think. It just don't hit a bug because it might come through the window. <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah, that window breaking that was a Fail. Could that you drive that bad. thing with no mirrors and no windshield wipers? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, and that whole presentation uh, <laughs> that, that that they did, you know, I mean, that was crazy, and uh, you you got a, a giggle out of everybody. So I, I when I read I read the before I saw the video I read it and it said that he was promoting the um, that the, the windows were bulletproof but it failed during the demonstration so I, I imagined him taking out a nine millimeter and opening fire on the truck <laughs> I, no I saw later they threw uh, uh, like the steel balls ball bearings beautiful yeah, yeah. it was like, beautiful yeah it was just to watch that yeah. the steel balls and then he said hey well listen hit the back window. And, right. and and he hit the back window and it cracked too. Exactly. I think he used Elon. Those are those were Elon's steel balls. Yeah. yeah. I'm back without the echo. Hey, welcome back, Earl. Join the conversation. <laughs> I'm sure you have an opinion about this. <laughs> I'm going to make that my new screensaver. The truck with the smashed windows. On. Uh, let's stop picking on Elon. He's a genius. Well, you know, it's like they say to a lawyer: you never ask a question you don't know the answer to. They got to say to Elon: don't ever make a demonstration unless you know exactly. what's going to happen. You know? Yeah. Build two and prototypes. No, no partying before the demonstration. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still don't believe it. I'm still 100% convinced it's all a ruse. I'm convinced it's a joke. Are you? It could be. Yeah. It might be. Who knows? He, he does have a strange sense of humor. I mean, you know. I think the one thing that Elon does a lot of is announce things prematurely. You know, he announced the whole Hyperloop thing. I thought you were going to say drugs. He does that as well. Maybe that's why he announces things prematurely. But, you know, listen, he's a creative genius. And like like Tina said, he is a incredible promoter, incredible marketer. So uh, you got to give him that. And they're having a good year. Tesla is, right? Do you see it? Yeah, yeah they are. They're making some money. With the, yeah. uh, with the, with the turn signals and, and with the uh, brake lights, uh, I don't know where any of it is. Do you, Rick, when you saw the Cybertruck? Uh, I don't know if it even has them. They may be like... I think they're under the bumper. Maybe it's but, installed in the aluminum or something. It's transparent aluminum or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tina, do you know? I didn't really look that too far into it. I was just looking at the general overview of the article I read and just shaking my head like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I took a look at the steering wheel, and it reminded me of a, a race car, you know, that, uh, you know, a, a NASCAR. It, the wheel is very unusual, the steering wheel. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm going for 100% joke until um, I'm told otherwise, but... I still think he probably spent a good part of his night after he got away from the car, from the crowd, just yeah. laughing until, until he was sore, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm questioning the uh, safety aspects of it all. So, oh, absolutely. To be continued. That's right. Let's keep yeah. an eye on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> keep an eye on it. We're counting on you. Is there anything oh, else oh, we can do for you this morning, Tina? Um, no, that's pretty much it. We've spent about seven minutes on this, so I think I want to give some other lady a turn. Yeah, we better go to our next caller. Yeah. Ladies, the 50 bucks is a thing, so if you're a first-time caller, please call in and get you $50.
Thanks, Tina. Thank you so much, Tina. Remember what Tina is reminding our listeners, lady listeners, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And ladies, you can win yourself $50 for the first two new lady callers. And we're going to go straight to John from Palm City. Hello, John. Good morning to everyone. Now we see the Super Bowl of 2019, Ford versus Tesla. Why Ford involved? Well, last week we announced the Ford Mustang, which is an SUV, total electric. A little history on Mustang, uh, jealousy of everybody. The number one selling car ever in 64 when it came out. One million cars were sold in 18 months. Their 40th anniversary, which was 204, they sold 300 million. And in August of last year, they sold 500 million. Wow. Now keep in mind with Ford, the F-150 truck is number one selling in America for 40 years straight. Mm-hmm. So I guess Tesla said, we better get in on that. But I'll tell you what, they got egg in their face yesterday, <laughs> especially with not rehearsing properly. And um, they should just learn maybe from General Motors, I think it's the coach company that builds it for the president, the limos, I think it's Peterson. That has totally bulletproof uh, limousines. I think they build it for Ford also. So it's an interesting thing. But right now, the way it stands, for every total electric car that's sold, one out of two is sold by Tesla. But they're having their problems. But like everything else, it's the car of the future. It'll get straightened out. If everybody knew what was going on, there was a California couple that had re- were rear-ended on the interstate in California, and uh, the car was not able to be used. So they ordered the body shop, ordered the parts, uh, trunk and the whole back, and Tesla said, you're going to have to wait two months for the uh, parts to repair it. So their insurance company, uh, the person that hit them, they got a hold of the government, even the DOT, and they said, we're not paying for two months for a rental. So they put pressure on Tesla and within two weeks, the parts were delivered, but they wanted the, the repair shop to wait a full two months to get the cars for the Tesla. And also, you're reading about the batteries. Uh, they do go on fire even when the car is not on, but they'll get all these things straightened out, and uh, eventually, these are the cars of the future. Here they are today, and um, a guy like Chuck Sumer in Washington even has a bill uh, proposed by 2014 that all the automobiles that were built will be total electric cars. So we'll take it from here. But it was a very embarrassing thing for Tesla uh, on Thursday night. And people won't forget that. It was all over the news. And I'm sure it is. Everybody saw that. So I just want to mention why there's a race against Tesla and Ford. And Ford has taken a big chance with the Mustang, especially that model, because everybody remembers Ford in the past with the uh, um, uh, Ford, uh, oh God, how come I can't think of that out of time? The Ford, that Thunderbird. completely. The Edsel? Yeah, the, the yeah. Edsel. The Edsel, yeah. <laughs> so, but Ford went all out, announcing a week ago that this total electric Mustang, by the way, it's an SUV. Yeah. So we'll see yeah. what happens, but 
They're really uh, trucks now, total electric, they're talking about, all the manufacturers. So we'll see where it all goes. But there's a lot of things that have to be straightened out, including the states that are punishing people that registered as an electric car, and they're punishing by charging extra fees on a registration yeah. because they're losing their uh, gas uh, taxes on it. Well, John, I tell you, you got a good uh, scope on the industry there. You're absolutely right about Ford and Tesla. Interestingly enough, uh, it's a question if you talk to Wall Street whether either one of those companies will be around in ten years. But they're um, they're in the race, and uh, it, it could be some obscure company that wins the race. It'll be a software company. Google uh, might be uh, dominate the uh, auto industry. Goes or Apple. Yeah, or Apple. Yeah. So it, it's all about software. It's all about technology and. Ford, Ford's struggling financially, and of course, you, uh, you know, we all know that Tesla is struggling financially. And as anybody guess, I think if you go to Las Vegas and check the odds, it, it's probably less than 50-50 that either company is going to survive. Absolutely. But we have to credit Ford. We're the only one that didn't, didn't ask for the bailout when we had the recession in 2008. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. GM took the bailout, and now it looks like they might be going down for the count again. So... Uh, a lot of taxpayer dollars that were wasted on that one. A lot of problems in the auto industry. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, Exciting. Sure. Exciting to be a part of it. Well, thanks yeah. so much, well, John. Fasten your seatbelts. We're going to be watching. <laughs> exactly. You got it. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thank you. Bye. Uh, Rick, I have a question for you. With the exterior of that Cybertruck uh, that's built from uh, stainless steel uh, aluminum, how does that affect the crash worthiness of this vehicle? Depends on what their structure is underneath. I mean, we've got cars out there now with the body panels are, are plastic. So the big drawback you're going to see that I would think is the same thing you had with the DeLorean back in the 80s. One little okay. dent and it's replace a panel because you can't straighten it back out exactly. and make it look right. Yeah. What was the truck? Was it stainless steel or was it aluminum? I think it's aluminum skin yeah, okay. on that. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, uh, F-150 is aluminum. And uh, it's, uh, they, were, they were talking a lot about that being uh, a dud because yeah. of the fact that they switched to aluminum. Yeah, there's a whole, like in, in, our, in our body shop, uh, there's a whole, uh, you have to get trained on aluminum body repair. It's totally different from the traditional yeah. body repair. Yeah. The thing is, the difference with uh, the Ford F-150 is um, it's painted, so yeah. you can, at least you can do some uh, right. Bondo filler paint, but stainless steel or, or just bare aluminum. Yeah, you, you, you could you, still do a, a bit of shade tree body work. Yeah. And smooth it out with a body filler and, and get rid of little dents and imperfections. But when it first came out, everybody was laughing at them, yeah. saying, nobody's going to buy an aluminum truck. And uh, they it's, do. It's still the well, best-selling sure, truck in the I world. Mean, you, you've cut down the weight on yeah. their basic body panels on the outside of a, a vehicle are, are more decoration than anything else. Yeah, but a truck is a it's, it's a little bit like a Jeep. It's an emotional, yeah. macho thing. It is. You, never, you yeah. don't think of a of a, an attractive young lady driving a truck. You think of a macho guy with a bunch of tattoos. I you picture know, you driving a scar truck. Scar on his face. He's, you know, he's a rough guy. And aluminum is kind of a almost a feminine metal. And steel, you know, yeah. you got to add yeah. the steel. And that's what, yeah, well, and uh, they were wrong. So the, the tough guys were buying the aluminum F-150s. Yeah. Still number one. That's right. Because you couldn't back, see. Back to the Cybertruck. Uh, in the reviews that I read, they were questioning the underlining 
materials that it was made out of. So there's a whole lot of questions. Um, at any rate, that's our thoughts on the Cybertruck. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And please, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Take advantage of it. We'd love to hear from you. And you remain anonymous. Uh, Howard, give me a call back. And uh, we're going to go to Michael, who's calling from Pennsylvania. Good morning, Michael. Hey, Michael, we got you there. Good morning. Thanks for taking Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you this morning, Michael? Oh, boy. Well, we got through with the echo, satellite echo. Now we got the, we dropped the, call, the callers uh, problem. Yeah. Well, but we'll I'm attack gonna... that, too. Uh, this is what makes this show so interesting. You never know what's going to happen next. Very true. Uh, Howard, I apologize. I, I think you were on hold uh, just a little longer than uh, I wanted you to be. And, uh, Michael, we apologize for dropping that call. Give us a call back. Uh, like I said earlier, the show is live. Anything can happen. 877-960-9960. You know, this must be a really great show because I, if I were out in the radio land, I wouldn't listen to this damn show. Uh, I mean, it's like a com like comedy corner. Uh, every week we swear we're going to get the technology fixed. I'm going we home. came in the studio this morning. Poor Jonathan was running around here. I thought he was going to have a heart attack because nothing was working. And then we start the show, and I'm hearing a satellite delay, and the guy from the control room comes running in, and now we're dropping callers. Right. I mean, we must be we must be amazing for you to continue to try to watch and listen to this show. This is live. I had to give. I, I had to ask Jonathan to change his shirt right here in the studio. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this on live camera, was he but I had an extra shirt for him because he was perspiring He's, so Jonathan profusely. is normally unflappable, and he was do flapping have, this Do we morning. have any texts, Stu? Do we have any texts? Anybody have anything did. to okay, say have, about the auto industry? Some, let's get back to business. Okay. we got some texts here. All right. Well, first, before I read the text, I do want to implore everybody, please, if you're having a hard time with the phones, uh, text us at 772-497-6530, um, or you can ask questions on facebook.com slash Cars, or, like Nancy already mentioned, youranonymousfeedback.com. It comes right to us. We answer the questions on the air, and that way you don't have to deal with some of the technical thank issues. You. And we're going to go straight to Michael. Michael, thank you so much for calling back from Pennsylvania. I hope it warmed up a little bit. You don't yeah, really think yeah, I knew that wasn't going to work. <laughs> you don't really think Michael's there, do you? Are you there, Michael? Of course not. Hey, here he is. Hey, hi, Michael. Hey. Hey. Taking my call last week. <laughs> We're a little crazy here this morning. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but it's pretty um, cold where you are. It's very cold. It's 25 degrees right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's up, Michael? <laughs> Question about my 2019. Uh, Camry LE, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. um, I bought it six months ago, and I've noticed ever since uh, maybe two weeks after purchasing it, um, and I was on vacation for the first two weeks, so I didn't really get to drive it much, but I noticed that it seemed like, and this is my first time with a, with a Camry, but it felt like the car fishes for gears a lot, um, and it feels like sometimes it upshifts or downshifts um, in kind of a jerky way, and when I took it back to the dealership, 
and had this senior technician go on a test drive with me, with him driving, he said that that's normal for what's what they consider. It's considered normal for the eight-speed transmission that they said they, the Camry put in, the Toyota put in the Camry mm-hmm. in 18. And they did hook it up to a computer and test it and check it, and they said there were no issues. But what I was uh, feeling is just because of the eight-speed transmission and um, getting better fuel economy and better performance. And I just wanted to see if you thought that was true or if you thought maybe they're kind of selling me a, a bill of goods. Well, we got Rick sitting right beside me, Michael, and he is an expert. He's also a senior technician, and I'm sure he has a lot of experience with exactly what you're referring to. Thank you. Hi, Michael. I'm, I'm guessing that Hi. part of what you're feeling is when you're coming to a stop, and you get down to where you're almost at a dead stop or even just hit a dead stop, and then suddenly you need to hit the gas and go again, the car feels like it just suddenly bucks and jerks, right? It, it, you're, just, you're, you're describing the car like you're sitting next to me. As a matter of fact, um, I, my, I just got a 19 RAV4 for my wife that actually has the same transmission, and we had the same issue going on. And my wife kept looking at me in horror, thinking that I was going to blame her driving for it. There is an update that just came out November 1st. It's a a reflash for the computer. Uh, They had it out for early October for the RAVs. And it has just now, November 1st, come out for the Camry with that same transmission. Um, it, It makes a world of difference, a huge difference. Believe it or not, probably... A quarter of the time now that we repair cars, most of the repairs are being done with a computer. We go in, it changes the way the car operates and makes a big, huge difference. But this one, I can assure you, you're going to feel it almost immediately when you start driving the car again. Just swing in at your dealership. Uh, You're going to need to give them about two, two and a half hours of time to perform this update and test drive the car to make sure everything's gone in properly. But they're going to reprogram the computer, and you're going to see a big, big difference on the way the car operates. Just let them know that you saw the, t- the technical service bulletin on the reflash for the com- uh, Camry transmissions, and they'll be able to get you taken care of. Thank you, Rick. Does that answer your question, Michael? It definitely does. A real quick question follow-up. I wrote down everything you just said, but a real quick question. Um, for the six months or so that I've had the vehicle and the 5,000 miles that I put on it with some of those uh, jerky sensations and weird shifts, do you mm-hmm. think it could have done any damage to the transmission? No, because uh, it's the transmissions themselves are extremely bulletproof. I, and I kind of hesitate to use that word, seeing as what Tesla just did. But... Uh, <laughs> right. It is incredibly rare that we actually wind up replacing a transmission in Toyotas lately. And I've been a Toyota technician for 25 years. We almost never replace transmissions. The few times that we get these updates, and actually it's it's a lot more now. We do a lot of updates. But it it seems like the, the mechanical side of itself works great. It's the software computer programming where they need to get those adjustments in there but almost never do we replace a transmission. So I don't think you're going to see any worries with that at all. And I'm one of those that I, I don't consider getting rid of a vehicle until it's at least 200,000 miles and we've gotten at least 10 or 12 years use out of it. So 
I feel very confident that that reflash, you're going to love this car again, and everything's going to be right for you. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, it's uh, annoying to me that all the manufacturers, including Toyota, put these cars out on the road. They sell them uh, new, and they haven't gotten the bugs out. I've seen more of this. I've been a dealer for over 50 years, and I've seen more of this selling cars premeditatedly knowing their issues with them and then only reacting when the customers complain to come up with a fix. But fortunately, as Rick said, these fixes are a lot easier now because they're mostly software related and they say you just plug it in and the computer automatically changes the computer in your car and you're good to go. So it won't be a long repair and uh, I'm glad that there was a fix for it. It's annoying to me because a car dealer, because I am a dealer today, when we have to say to a customer, this is the way they all behave. It's like saying you bought a product and all the products are bad, so there's nothing you can do about it. Well, there is something I can do. Uh, a Toyota owner can buy a Honda, and a Honda owner can buy a Subaru. So when you do this, you lose business. And I don't like the way Toyota operates or the other manufacturers. They should get the bugs out before they sell the car. Absolutely. Uh, Dave and uh, Howard, uh, if uh, you're listening, please call back. Back to Earl. So, Michael, I hope we answered your question. And uh, love to have okay. you call back next week after you take it to the dealer and see if you're satisfied and happy with the way that Toyota Camry 2019 runs. I would love to. And thanks for putting my mind at ease. I, uh, <laughs> I was definitely worried about it. Thanks for the call, Michael. $27,000 brand new car. Take care. Thank you, Michael. Bye -bye. Give, give us a call again. Let us know what's going on. Again, to Dave and Howard, uh, sorry for the wait and the interruptions. Give us a call back, please. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We have a whole lot to get to, and as you can hear, we're having a whole lot of fun this morning. And we're getting through, uh, well, a few little things that are going on in the studio. And we hope you'll bear with us now back to, oh, Howard, good morning. Howard, did you get back successfully? Howard tried to get back, but I guess we good morning, lost him Howard. again. Uh, good morning. Oh, ah, wonderful. It's good to hear from you. I thought I'd never get through. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, I hope you're all doing well. <laughs> we are, uh, in spite of the technical circus that we're uh, enduring here at uh, True Oldies. Yeah. Uh, my, I think my uh, question was answered, but I'll ask again. Uh, I'll ask Rick again. Uh, Rick, <clears throat> when do you think the internal combustion engine will see its last days? December seventeenth, <laughs> uh, two thousand twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, no. That's how, that sounds plausible. Yes. It's, as, as odd as that sounds, I would say probably within the next two decades, internal combustion engines will go the way of the horse and buggy. Yes. They will go down to the point where they'll they'll still be around forever. We're never we're never going to mm -hmm. see them go away. Just like there are still steam locomotives, you know, coal fired steam locomotives and wood burning steam locomotives out there. You're never going to see them go totally away because people will always want that for the nostalgia and there will be those that want them forever. But you're going to see a dramatic decrease within the next couple decades and I think we're going to start seeing electric is going to be one of the number one forms of propulsion and I think the biggest difference we're going to see 
is the world infrastructure for creating electricity is going to have to step up and make changes because you're going to see some big differences such things as electric roads where the vehicle can actually be charged and powered while it's driving on the road so i'm 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 looking at the future with a big optimistic open mind but hopefully it's not just a pollyanna dream but i i think we're going to see some cool stuff I think Earl and I will not see that day, but uh, I don't know how old you are, but I think you may see it. But uh, I yeah, know Nancy's Rick, definitely going to see it. Yeah, Rick will see it. Well, Nancy will see it. Earl, Earl and I are just about the same age, so. However, there was I an article in the, the paper today future. about, or yesterday, I think, about a gas station owner, and this was in the, uh, I think it was an AP article, that actually quit selling gas and changed over entirely to battery charging. Uh, he's got to be in California or someplace like that, but he, he literally did it. He says he was fed up with gasoline and all the problems, and now he's probably the only uh, multi-plug uh, you know, charger station anywhere in this area. It'd be interesting to see how it works out for him. Okay, another question I have to ask you. Uh, I got a call from a young lady that says uh, she was from Earl Stewart, and she asked me why I didn't do my uh, service. I said I did. And uh, I also got a postcard saying that to do it, but and I already had done it. So uh, then she said to me, um, she wanted my email. I said, why? Toyota has my email. She said, no, we'll send you coupons. She sounded like she knew what she was doing. She didn't ask me for my social security number. She just asked me for <laughs> Did she ask so you for a date? Right. I hope so. But well, that's, that's, it, the case. that's called bad business, and. Uh, it's uh, very annoying. If it happened to me, I'd be annoyed. You know, uh, we get desperate. I mean, I say we as I'm speaking cumulatively as a businessman. And we say, how's the service business? And our service business has been off. And uh, so we take steps. And I, I'm not in the detail, the day-to-day -day, uh, management of the company. I, I'm a more of a strategic overseer. But uh, apparently somebody made a decision to try to beef up our service business. And they must have either hired some people or employed an outside company to make phone calls. And to call a customer like you who's already been in for service and saying, when you come in for service, we knew you were in for service in our computer. But we just didn't have the ability to check, and it was just a, an annoying mistake. Thanks for telling me, Art, because uh, feedback is what helps us improve. And I, I apologize for the annoyance, and thanks for the feedback. Quite all right. And it's a pleasure talking to you guys, and you guys have a good day. Well, thanks for being so uh, persistent. I can't believe you tried as hard as you did to get back. You called us two or three times, and uh, you're a real loyal listener. And um, the average listener would have given up a long time ago. And we, we're going to keep on trying to get the uh, phones fixed at True Oldies, and, um, and the streaming fixed, and the microphones fixed, and the uh, everything else fixed. But... Uh, it's a work in progress, but I hope I stay, in a, stay alive long enough to ha see it happen. Kind of like a, the all-electric car. Happy Thanksgiving, oh. Howard. Same to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Talk to you next week. Sounds good, Howard. Absolutely. Dave, if you're listening, give us a call back. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, remember, we have that mystery shopping report coming up from uh, Vantage Ford in uh, Stewart. And uh, <clears throat> again, I'll remind the ladies, give us a call toll free. This time of year, you can usually, you can use the $50 first two new lady callers. 
you win yourself $50. That number again is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, youranonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. You do remain anonymous. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I think Rick has a, a YouTube, don't you, over there, Rick? As a matter of fact, we do. And this one, I this is you're going to love this one. Fred Durham is asking sixteen thousand dollars out the door on a brand new 2020 Corolla at Sun Toyota. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're being truthful? Nope. <laughs> There's a website for that. You know, it was a, yep. it was a uh, YouTube. Uh, Fred was his name. Fred Durham. Fred, yeah, Fred. Not uh, thank, thanks very much. I, Rich Wright, I love that. You know, here's a sad fact, and this is for all you listeners. There is not an automobile dealer advertisement that you can believe. And it's an interesting phenomenon. All the cars cost the same price to the dealer. I don't care if you sell 1,000 cars a month or 10 cars a month. All car dealers buy their cars from the manufacturer at the same price. All the cars are the same. Uh, 2019 Camry LE is the same if you buy it in Kansas or Florida or California or any place else. Not technically speaking Unless. about California, but anyway. Unless my, it's a used car. Uh-oh. Yeah, my, point being, my point being that there is no way for a car dealer to sell a car based on price unless he lies to you. Think about it. If a car dealer told you his true price, his competition would beat that price by a few dollars, and then that dealer's competition would beat his price by a few dollars, and these honest prices would drive the selling price down to the point where the dealer would lose money. So there's only one way to sell this product, these automobiles that are all the same and bought at the same cost, to lie about the advertised price. So any car deal that's advertising a new Corolla for $16,000 is a liar. Out the door. Exactly. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. a... <laughs> yeah. So right. sue me, all you dealers out there, and we got some local dealers advertising it for the same price. So you local dealers that are advertising new Corollas for $16,000, I'm calling you a liar on live radio. Bring and, if I'm, oh. and if I'm libeling or slandering you, then you can sue me. Thank you so much. Roberto... Uh, hopefully you're still there. Roberto? Roberto Russo from Jupiter. Good morning. Roberto, can you hear us? Are you there? Sorry for the wait, Roberto. Roberto. Give us me? a call back, please. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, we don't know whether Sometimes they got disconnected. Sometimes we can't or... always get to the uh, callers and uh, there's a little bit of a delay and sometimes uh, we go on a, just a little bit too long so Keep on trying. give us a call 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 yeah, i'm almost to the point now where i'm going to say forget about the telephone calls uh we'll see what happens but we're losing more callers than we're gaining the text is the way to get through yeah. and uh stu's got a whole bunch of oh, texts yeah. and the text number one more time is area code 772-497-6530 that's 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and now we can get to some of those texts. Yeah, uh, Stu, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you for a second because I have a text that's uh, very unusual, and it is from a young lady in South Carolina who took her vehicle into service 
what she decided to do was to put a recording device in her glove box. <laughs> and uh, she says, although that's a bit unconventional, uh, she uh, decided to do it anyway. So uh, after getting her car back, uh, she realized that uh, the uh, techs were trying to get her to pay for a new clutch. And uh, they had taken the car out for a drive. Uh, she also adds to that that uh, there are a lot of great mechanics out there, and you really have to do your homework, unlike her. She did not do her homework. She was visiting another state, and she decided just to walk in with her car. Thank you so much, Sally, for the text. Much appreciated. We're going to go to Roberto, who's calling back. Roberto from Jupiter. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey. Doesn't hey, sound like Roberta. Roberta. Be Roberta. Oh, Roberta. Hi. We Roberta. have Roberta. Roberta. You're Roberta Russo. Hi. Yes. Okay, good morning. Yes. Are you a first-time caller? Yeah. Oh, great. Would you please uh, send me your contact information by text 772-497-6530, and I'll get that check out sure. to you. Thank you so much. I love your show. I've learned a lot. Thanks. And um, I, re- I recently bought a, um, a used SUV, which I love, and it's black inside and black leather seats. And now I'm wondering, it might be pretty hot in the summer. Is there a certain brand? Um, will the seat covers help if I buy cloth seat covers? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, if you put uh, lighter seat covers on, make it uh, actually more visible inside. I have an all-black uh, interior, and I can't see anything in there. I have to use my iPhone flashlight to read the uh, uh, information on the dials. But uh, black is a popular color on SUV, and it's good for resale value. Uh, they are definitely warmer during the summer, but uh, um, I don't think it's going to hurt your resale value. I think the lighter seat covers will certainly help. Oh, good. Any certain brand or just any good quality? Uh, Rick uh, has got a point. I would look into a company called Wet. Ocoli. the It's W-E-T, and then the second word is O-K-O-L-E. And they make seat covers for cars that are a neoprene, almost like wetsuit material, hmm. but with a fabric cover. Oh. They're extremely durable. They look awesome, and they fit so snug on the seat, and they're extremely comfortable. Let's give oh. us that name again. Wet Ocoli. Spell it, please. Okay. O L E, okay. O L E, and then wet, wet, like is in wet material. Yeah, and they are ex- they're also very uh, hydrophobic. So if you accidentally spill water on them, the water will almost bead up on the material to where it can be easily wiped up with towels and not st- sink in or stain very easily. So it's they're incredible quality. Sounds comfortable. Oh, I'm too. so glad I asked. So glad. Well, I'm glad we answered, and um, and congratulations on getting through the switchboard, because I know you tried multiple times, Roberta. It ain't easy. <laughs> well, please no, call it again. Nice. Okay, thank you so much. And You're don't welcome, for, Roberta. Don't forget, don't forget to give your contact information to us by text, and that text number is 772-497-6530, 772-497-6530, and then Nancy will send you a check for 50 bucks. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. 
Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. Uh, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go straight to John, who's holding, and he's calling, I believe, from Stewart. Good morning, John. Good morning. Welcome. What can we do for you? Well, I have a, a question about my, in, two, in 2004, I bought a uh, brand new Toyota Matrix uh, XRS, and I put like four clutches in the thing. Hmm. So I was wondering uh, if, uh, if there was something with that model or something, you know, the stick and everything, and it's got that veritable valve timing thing and all that stuff, but was there any issues with those cars or not? Rick Kearney should answer that one. Actually, I've not heard of any major uh, problems with the clutches on the, the Matrix. Um, we don't see a lot of stick shift cars anymore. Uh, I know right. going back a ways for it, but um, I hate to be the, the, the kind of point a finger type, but uh, I would almost wonder it may be the driving operation, you know, as to how you're driving the car. I know some folks can get a lot of life out of a clutch, and others, well, sometimes not so much. Well, yeah, that's okay. That's that's part of the, the story that I I left out at first. I gave it. My daughter went off to college uh-huh. in 2009, and I gave her that car because it's bright yellow. I figured, well. She's coming down the road. People will see her and the whole thing like this. And so she picked me up to San Diego Airport, and it's kind of like uh, sea level there. And then you go up to get on the five, and you go up this hill. And I didn't think she was ever going to let out on the clutch. I mean, she, that, <laughs> she was smoking it. She was smoking it pretty bad. So that was the first one. And then I think she let a girlfriend drive it once. But but I, it's still since then we've we've put in. She wasn't driving it anymore. It, it's kind of it's kind of hard, really. I've never driven a I've had like a, a 67, I had a SS396 Chevelle, and I've had some other stick cars, a bunch of Volkswagens and things. But this one, it's so hard to get it, you take off from a stop light or something, to get it to feather out and, and go. It just, it's either like all or nothing, I don't know. Is, is that, could you adjust the clutch or, or something like that to make it a little bit better? Unfortunately, no, because it's the, the <laughs> clutch is a hydraulically operated uh, control to it and there's really no adjustment on it and I mean just for the sake of argument I'm going to throw this out there I am not the best driver with a stick shift I'm I'm usually pretty rough on clutches and yet my wife she this woman could drive a stick shift and I bet she could probably get <laughs> 300,000 miles out of a clutch in a stick shift she is phenomenal with a stick Good feel so it, it just comes down to the driver really yeah. 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 Okay. But that, this is the only car I've ever had that is like that. That is is just really difficult you know, yeah. to get it out uh, all the way. But huh. uh, okay, that's that's my question. I hope you guys have better yeah. fortune with your uh, <laughs> thank you, John. Technology and everything today. Thank, thank you so for much, your John. persistence. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes, Boy, I'll tell you what. Back sure. in the old days, you know, I'd be. I'd be screaming at my daughters. You're going to strip the gears. You're going to strip the gears because every <laughs> there was four of us that were, you know, driving this vehicle, and uh, well, maybe two of us that were driving it correctly. So uh, anyway, interesting story, so John. Please call again. We'll make it easier for you next week. I think. 
Yes, sir. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. On eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Sally has just texted me again, and if uh, you all here sitting with me recall, uh, she was talking about the clutch that, uh, you know, a mechanic wanted to replace, and she didn't know him. Okay, she texts me back. She wants to know from you, Rick. She wants to know when she gets home to her state, she wants to know what questions she should ask the mechanic that would reassure her she's chosen the right mechanic. Uh, the first thing I would do is ask for ASC certification, and then I would ask for... Uh, Tell them what the ASC stands uh, for. It's the Automotive... Uh, actually, it's the National Institute for Automotive Service Excellence. Yes. And we kind of shortened it down to ASE, and basically, these are certification tests that are open for any mechanic to take. And if you can pass these tests, it shows that you do know your craft a bit. You know, and then you ask him how long he's abilities. been how long he's been in uh, business, how long he's been a mechanic, and uh, if they, if he says anything less than a year, then you're you might move on. But uh, ASE yep. certified in transmissions because it's a clutch problem. And also, uh, I'd say if he's been in the business five years, he probably knows what he's doing. And I'd also ask for some references, uh, other customers that he's worked on, and, and sure. give them a call. And, of course, you know, although it's not a good resource, you can check in with the Better Business Bureau. Uh, unfortunately, there's really not a lot of resources for checking on mechanics anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh Hit the internet, though, and Google his business name and look and see if there are anybody out there that's made complaints. Okay. Good idea. And uh, also, uh, it's not unheard of for a mechanic to explain what that problem is. No, and a good mechanic should be able to put it in terms that you'll understand and should be very happy and willing to do so. Because the best customer is an educated customer. Absolutely. Okay, we got a bunch of text over here at Stu, and uh, we need to get to those as quickly as we can. Okay, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, 877-960-9960. We're here to take your call and to thank you for being part of Earl Stewart on Cars. You're an important part of the show. Now we're going to get some texts from Stu and get the party going. I feel so neglected. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, here we go. we got a bunch of good ones. All right, first one, window tint. What is legal and what isn't? If I'm looking to buy a used car that already has window tint, how can I be sure that it's legal? I don't want to get pulled over and fined. I've never had that question here before. It's a great question. There is a a number on the window tint, and uh, we actually discovered that a few years ago when Toyota was selling, Southeast Toyota was distributing cars that had illegal window tint. And uh, we told them about that, and they stopped. And... uh, uh, mainly because the tent varies from state to state. How many people in Florida go to other states regularly? Sometimes they live half their lives in another state. So when you buy a car, you need to find out what the law is for each state that you drive the car in. And there's a number, and that's uh, that number is in state law, and I can't tell you the number in Florida. Maybe we can Google it. I don't know what it is, but I, th- I just had an idea. I do know that uh, police officers have a gauge where it actually measures the amount of light that's let through. Um, so maybe a friendly police officer could come by and, uh, Great and idea. put the sensor on the window to see if Great it is. Idea. Great you, don't, idea. you don't want to get yourself in, into a trick bag like that. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, next one. Uh, Earl, what can you report about the giant Jeep recall that's in the news right now? 700,000 are affected. Well, I, I actually, I don't know the technical uh, details of the uh, giant Jeep recall. I just know that the Jeeps have a lot of recalls and a lot of problems, and they're at the bottom of the list on the uh, reliability and safety and just about every other criteria. They lead the pack on resale value and popular popularity. I saw one on the road the other day that I wanted to buy myself. I mean, it was really the coolest Jeep. The Gladiator. Uh, is that what it was? It looks like a pickup truck. Yeah, it could be. It could have been. It looks yeah. like something from the yeah. 40s. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, you buy a, risk, a Jeep at your own risk, and uh, the recalls and the maintenance and the cost to repair and the safety and all the other negativity doesn't uh, uh, it doesn't cause any problems for the Jeep dealers at all. They just keep on selling them. That's Rick? right. Call ahead first. Make sure parts are available for any recall yeah. and get an appointment and... Hope that they don't run out of parts before you get in there. Yeah, yeah. SaferCar.gov. You can go online, www.safercar.gov. That goes right to the National Highway Traffic Safety Association website. Put the VIN in of a Jeep that you have that you're concerned about, and they'll give you all the details. Can you yeah. believe all this great information, folks? Boy, I'll tell you what. We're on a roll this morning. 877-960-9960. And I'll tell you what, Stu and Rick are ready. They have a lot of text, a lot of YouTube, so don't go away. Rick? By the way, those numbers on the window tint, for the front windows, it has to be 28% light transmission. For the side windows and the back windows, 15% light transmission. And that's in Florida. So that is for the state of Florida. And according Every to the state. state of Florida, you are not allowed to have any tint on the front windshield except for the first yeah. couple inches at the very top. But just remember the tent rules are differ from state to state, which, by the way, you legislators listening out there, that's just plain stupid to allow that, and you should have a federal standard. There should be a federal standard for all 50 states because otherwise you buy a car in Georgia and you drive to Florida and you get arrested. Or you get a ticket. Or you got to drive through the state with your windows down. Yeah. It might but, be cold. But the legislators don't care about this kind of stuff. Politicians just want to get reelected. You don't mm -hmm. care about the important issues like Dakota airbags or uh, varying laws and states that affect people with safety. That's immaterial. Yep. Uh, pardon my cynicism. Let's move along to the next text. That's right. This is a political show. Yes. Actually, it is in some ways. Yeah. Uh, back on the recall, I did read it this morning. I don't think anybody's been hurt by it. I think it has to do with the uh, ignition starter switches. Oh. And so it could stall or not start or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next one. Uh, Earl, what do you think about Toyota and California emissions? The governor in California announced California will not buy Toyotas. Do you think Toyota will fold? Um, Is a question, do I think Toyota will give in I think, yeah, I think, will they give in to the, uh, I guess they're going along with the um, removing California from having their own emission standards. Yeah. And several auto uh, manufacturers, including Toyota, um, are complying with the uh, federal regulations and not doing a special emissions for, yeah. for California. I can only guess, uh, my guess would be the Toyota Woodfold because uh, California is 20% of the United States. Did you know that? It is. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge state, and uh, whatever they do, whether it's wacky or, or the correct thing, uh, the rest of the uh, United States has to kind of follow. 
and California is uh, very influential on all the other states. It's a sad statement that one state yeah. should have that much power, but my guess is uh, Toyota would give in. Yeah. Well, all, all Gavin Newsom is the governor. I guess all they can restrict is uh, government purchases. So let's see how, how much that is, if that's yeah. an impact, and yeah. that would probably help Toyota make their decision. Okay. Um, oh, <laughs> I was listening to you guys mocking Elon Musk. Uh-huh. How easy is it for those of us not putting our necks out there, challenging the conventional and busting norms to point our fingers and laugh? They laughed at Edison, Henry Ford, and Werner von Braun, too, you know. Oh, Werner von Braun was kind of humorous. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, we laugh. We laugh. <laughs> we laugh. We, it's love. We laugh with love. We laugh with love. As a matter of fact, I'll say this. Uh, I admire and respect Elon Musk. I love smart guys. He's about the smartest guy that there is. Um, I uh, he he's so he's so smart that he's stupid. Meaning, he's so smart he doesn't care about the little things. I you know standing up on the national stage yesterday and throwing a steel ball at his new truck and it <laughs> broke the glass. I don't think he cared. No. I thought you know he said he laughed when it happened and he said I guess that tells you we should test these things better. <laughs> And only Elon could say that. Man, let's look. Let's look at SpaceX. He has got a company that is sending satellites into orbit. Yeah. It's going to send a he people had, to Mars. He has a Tesla Roadster orbiting the sun, folks. Yeah. So he is a. He's like an Einstein. He's like a Werner von Braun. He's like an Edison. And we laugh at all these guys, but we laugh with love. Yeah. I mean, Einstein's hysterical. Yeah. I mean, I oh, yeah. and some of the things that Einstein did, if you dig into his personal life, he was a male chauvinist pig. Yeah. He treated his wife terribly. Uh, and that's not well, funny, that's not but cool you respect end. the genius. You can respect the genius and still laugh at the man. Yeah. Exactly. You know, folks, uh, here we sit, you know, Saturday to Saturday. And who are we laughing at sometimes? Cardiologist. The smartest <laughs> man that I know. In fact... Earl Stewart Earl, yeah. just said <laughs> that Elon Musk was the smartest man. And I go, whoa, I thought Earl Stewart was the smartest man. And so uh, to the text that Stu just read, we sit here with love, making fun of the smartest man in the world. And that's Earl Stewart. Mm-hmm. She's looking for something. I don't know what it is, but she set me up. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'll let you know what it was at next week after the uh, the, she the, wants the, the new Tesla truck. The, yes. <laughs> uh, Cyber Nancy. <laughs> there you go. Folks, you know me. You know what a big heart I have. You know I meant that with all my heart. Okay, we've got some more text. They, they keep coming. Literally, they're popping in one after another. Okay, next one. If Takata airbags are so dangerous, why do you make Mr. Thunder sit in front of them next week after week? Well, it's Agent Thunder, folks. Yeah, you know, uh, you know. Let's get this straight. You hit you hit a nerve, and uh, I think about it. I really do. I I think uh, I think about that, and uh, um, whether we really should be. I mean, not only that, it's this car salesperson uh, that's out there uh, with his life being threatened. I guess you could call. I, I can rationalize why we do it. We do it for the greater good. Uh, the odds against that happening and during that 20-minute test drive are very small. Uh, you know, when you own a car and drive it every day, the odds are much greater. So I rationalize saying Agent Thunder or the salesperson, whoever is in, sitting in the front seat, even though we're exposed, the, the danger is minimized. But by 
doing that and broadcasting it as we do and publicizing it, hopefully we can save millions of lives by getting the legislatures and the regulators' attention. The lives of the many outweigh the lives of the few. Well, I mean, I know it sounds terrible. Um, And I I was going to say I probably have driven cars with dangerous airbags and not even realized it because this Takata threat came out before a lot of people even knew about it. I mean, nobody... When they discovered the problem, they had already been millions of cars built, and people were driving them with no warning whatsoever. But that's a good question. Thank you. Okay. The next text. Jonathan from Wellington. Uh, Why was the Toyota Solera convertible discontinued? Yes, I'll second that. Why? (laughs) Why? And are there any currently any Toyota convertibles available with automatic transmission? And I can address the second part of the question, which is, Unfortunately, no, there are no Toyota convertibles, automatic or standard transmission. Yeah. Sad. The first part of the question is, you know, I, I, I tell customers, or I just say jokingly, it was the biggest mistake Toyota ever made because we have a huge demand for solar convertibles in Florida and all the Sunbelt states. It's a heck of a popular car. Convertibles in general are not as popular as they were. Uh, convertible is a less safe car than a hard top. And... Uh, it's a business decision. Toyota is a worldwide business. I, I'm not sure whether convertibles are popular in Europe or Asia. I don't know. But Toyota is a business, and they're in business to make a profit. And they see a proliferation of models and make you know different That's types of cars. Point. And they have yeah. to decide. They, all the manufacturers are trying to minimize the number of models. And unfortunately, Solera bit the bullet. Uh, had to go down because of uh, economics. Yeah, look at the Celica. I mean, please bring the Celica back. But Earl hit all the uh, the points, uh, and uh, it was uh, logical. We're going to go to Victoria, uh, who I believe is a first-time caller from West Palm Beach. Good morning. How are you, Victoria? Hello. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Are I you have a, f- a question. I, do, are you a first-time <laughs> caller, Victoria? Yes, I've, I've never called before because a good. friend of mine told me that I could yes, ask you, a question. Uh, you can, Victoria, but first I'm going to tell <laughs> you to leave your information, your contact information, at 772-497-6530 so I can send you a $50 oh. check. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, What's your question? Let me, let me write that number again. <laughs> um, well, my question is the tire monitor system on a... 2014 GMC uh, uh, Z71, we changed the tire, but for some reason or another, the tire system light doesn't want to turn off. How do you turn off the warning lights like that? Rick? Normally, all you have to do is get the tire pressure set high enough. However, the sensor itself may have been damaged during the tire replacement, and if that's the case then that sensor would have to be replaced. Um, You might wind up having to go see a GMC dealership to have that light turned off or to double check to make sure that that sensor's reading properly. Oh, okay. All righty. I didn't know if it was that, you know, (laughs) that big of a thing to change a tire, but all right. That answers my question. You might even try Googling it, Victoria. Sometimes uh, these uh, answers are right there, uh, maybe with a a chat room for your particular uh, model Mm -hmm. GMC. And most of the cars also, they'll have a a button on the dash 
that you may need to press uh-huh. and hold that button in order to set it off uh, to turn that light mm-hmm. back off also check your owner's manual for that and you should be able to find information or the easy way again just google it oh okay great thank you so much thank you victoria if you'll text your contact information <laughs> to 772-497-6530 oh. that's 772-497-6530 nancy will send you a check for 50 bucks oh wow how nice victoria okay. spread I'll, spread I'll the word yes. please we need I will, more i will we need more lady callers we're trying to build a platform here for the ladies. Uh-huh. Okay. Wonderful. Happy, I will. Th- happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Be safe. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think we're going to go back to Stu because he has a lot of text to catch up to. Indeed. Next one. Saturn's. What is the material on the Saturn bodies that made it undetectable? Uh, were we talking about Saturns when I went to the bathroom? No, I don't know about uh, what is meant by Saturns being undetectable. Maybe by radar from police? I don't know. They're stealth. No. I don't think they were stealth vehicles. Uh, but there's a second part to the question. Uh, it just as good quality sheepskin covers is the, are the best way to reduce hot seats during the summer and cold seats during the winter. Hmm. Well, the sheeps will verify that. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was the information from Roberta. And the next one is, my name is, uh, uh, where is this? Earl? No, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. What additional expense is there to a four-wheel drive vehicle, including tires? Brick? Uh, depending upon the usage, about the only thing would be around 100,000 miles changing the fluid in the front differential and the transfer cases. How about fuel economy? Fuel economy is, of course, going to go a little bit down because obviously you've got more moving parts and heavier components on there. And four-wheel drive vehicles are usually built a bit heavier duty in order to handle off-road. Of course, if you're off driving in the mud and sand a lot going off-road, that can have an effect on the front brakes and other components because of the additional wear and tear from the sand and mud getting up in there. Mm -hmm. And I guess in the old days, the older uh, four-wheel drives, probably uh, maintenance and repair was a little higher. Uh, uh, Maybe not today. Some of the older ones it was, but modern, they're they're pretty much the same as the others. Just it's just the stuff like the environmental issues that hit it. Gotcha. Okay, so What's next, Joe? Moving along. Um, I have a question. Not me. This is the, yeah. the texter says, I have a question. Why is it that EVs, electric vehicles, such as the Tesla, have much more responsive acceleration than ICE vehicles, otherwise internal combustion engine vehicles? It's the electric motor. Absolutely. The simple answer there is that electric motors, the instant they get power applied to them, they have 100% full torque and that torque is applied immediately to the ground. Yeah, with a combustion engine, um, internal combustion engine, there's a lot of things that have to happen before the power is delivered to the wheels. And you have to have a a, a little spark and you have to have an explosion 
and you have to have the pistons driven and, and you got the camshafts and you so. got all kinds of stuff going on. But with an electric motor, an electric motor, it's a picture a coil of copper wire inside of a magnet or with magnets on both sides. And so as soon as you turn the copper wire, it, it, it's instantaneous power. It's yep. just, uh, and it's continuous, and it's like no transmission is even needed. It's the most amazing phenomenon. The electric motor has been around for a long, long time, and uh, it is just the best motor that you can possibly have. Well, that's why locomotives, trains, yeah. basically the diesel engine is simply a, a generator to create electricity. Simple, trains are driven by electricity. It's simple, clean, powerful. It's like the obvious answer to transportation anywhere. So it's uh, almost like a miracle beast. Exactly. It reminds me, when I was a kid, um, I would have these remote control uh, cars. They were battery powered. And when you accelerated them, they took off like a rocket ship. And I used to yeah. always wonder why, why yeah, yeah well, like, you know, why, why, don't, why, why doesn't daddy's car go that fast? <laughs> but um, anyway, so, you know, flash forward uh, 30, 40 years, we have Teslas, and that's what's happening, right? They're like little RC cars. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right, next text. Uh, good morning, Earl. She, that, she actually wrote girl and then corrected it to Earl. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was... When I was a kid, they would say, Earl is a girl with a pretty little curl yeah, right in the middle of his forehead. Yeah, they said then I'd get me. into a fight. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why your nose is busted. Yeah. Okay, any recommendations on a car dealership in San Diego, California? Thank you, kind regards. Um, well, I'll do a little plug for the only car dealership in the San Diego area that I know, and that is Carl's, Toyota of Carlsbad and Lexus of Carlsbad. Mm -hmm. And we happen to know the owner and the general manager there very well, and they're a pretty good dealership. And so. just tell them Stu Stewart or Earl Stewart recommended yeah. that you go in there, and they'll give you the red carpet treatment. Exactly. The general manager's name is Ivan Mendelson, and he is a great guy, and he knows us well. So send him, tell him that we t told you that you could get a great deal from him. Yeah. All right. And we're caught up with text, but we also have some comments on Facebook. And Carl says, my 2018 Chrysler 300 has Firestone Firehawk GTV tires with uh, regular rotations. I only got 18,000 plus miles on them. The dealership will not rotate them due to low, th low tread. Sounds unacceptable to me. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, when you wear out tires that fast, uh, assuming it was even wear, it's probably because it had a very, very low tread wear index, and that's marked on the side of your tire. And the lower it is, the softer your rubber in the tire is, and the faster it wears. So you can have a tread wear index of 200, and b those babies will wear out overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get a tread wear index as high as what, Rick? Six, 600, 800 tread wear index. I've seen 800 as the maximum. Yeah. They ride a little rougher, a little harder, but those treads will go. You can get 60,000, 70,000 miles on a set of tires, but you'll be bouncing a lot. So I recommend something in the middle, like a 400 or 500 tread wear index, and that way you get pretty good wear, 35, 45,000 miles. And uh, that's what I would ask for uh, to replace those tires. Was that the question? What he should ask for? Just, or just the thoughts. Uh, yeah. And you, 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 you delivered. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the next one is uh, from Steve on Facebook. He says, "When you get to the dealer fee, we learned that New York limits the dealer fee to seventy-five dollars. We looked at Infinity and Stewart. The dealer fee was like eight ninety-nine. Typical fee in New Jersey is six hundred. So it came as a surprise um, that at New York are restricting the dealer fee to seventy-five dollars." 
That's well, like California. Uh, that is just because they have some good uh, oversight by the legislature, some good oversight by their uh, uh, consumer groups, and uh, they did something very intelligent. You know, you talked about the uh, dealer in Stewart. Uh, with an $899 dealer fee. That was just a dealer fee you could identify. Most car dealers in Florida uh, have multiple dealer fees by different names. I've I've tried to stop calling them dealer fees because the dealers are jumping on that bandwagon and advertising no dealer fee. That means he's calling his dealer fee something else, like a notary fee or a dock fee or a uh, tech agency fee. So I bet you the dealer in Stewart with the 899 dealer fee has got another hidden fee that he named something else. Yeah. We are caught up with texts. Okay. How about you, Rick? Any more YouTubes? Well, we've got a couple here. Um, one I'm trying to decipher just a little bit, but we'll get the first one in here. Uh, Sung Sam, he uh, texted us uh, earlier a couple weeks ago about mm -hmm. a lease that he was looking at. That couldn't possibly be the real son of Sam. Uh, it's Sung. Oh, Sung Sam. S U N G. It's a uh, amalgamation of Samsung. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of reversed him there. No, no, no. no or maybe yeah. he's in jail. He could be still be in prison. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm. That's just, a real knee slapper. Uh, I am. <laughs> Thank you. He just recently leased a 2000, uh, 2020 Acura RX, and this is in Texas. And he got it $17,000 for a three-year, 36,000-mile lease with extra wear and tear protection and extra wheel and tire protection on the car. And he wants to know, how can he double-check to find to make sure that he didn't get cheated or ripped off in that deal? Well, I can tell you, you did get ripped off. Uh, they should have disclosed this to you up front in the lease. Was that a one-pay lease? Is that $17,000? Sounds like it. I, yeah. I think that's what he was looking at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one-pay lease, uh, obviously, for those who haven't heard of them, you just pay all your lease pay payments up front. And I'm, I'm very dubious about that. I don't think that's a good idea. I, I would rather make my lease payments monthly. Um, but anyway, if there's something included in the lease that you didn't ask for, you were ripped off. Yep. And... Uh, a lot of car dealers do that. You need to read these things carefully. And uh, installment sales contracts and lease contracts are huge. Uh, there's a lot, you know, it, it'll take you 20 minutes to read one of them. But be careful. Deal with somebody that you trust and uh, be sure there's no extras that you didn't know about. All right. We got another text that popped in. Okay. It's from Steve in New Jersey. Um, if I were to replace a factory order with a new car dealer, I, I want to order a Mercedes-Benz, what are the potential cost savings for the dealer, knowing this could help me in my negotiations? So in other words, if he wants to do a special order th from the factory, does that reduce the cost to the dealer, and should it be passed along to him in terms of savings? No, there's no cost savings to the dealer or to you when you special order a vehicle. Uh, there's a, a much longer wait, and there's also the fact that there could be a price change. And you need to find out when you special order vehicle what is going to be the effect if the manufacturer decides to have a dealer cash incentive or a customer cash incentive or maybe even a price increase. Yeah. So uh, be sure that you, when you special order vehicle that might take you, you know, a month or two to get, uh, firm the price up, but 
you're negotiating and you have the power at that point. Say if there's a price reduction, it'll be passed along to you. And if there's a price increase, it won't be passed along to you. I think you could probably negotiate that. But do that any time you order a vehicle. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Excuse me. We're going to go to uh, Henry, who's holding. Henry's calling from Jupiter. Good morning, Henry. Hey, Henry. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. Couple que- <clears throat> couple questions. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not a big fan of the Tundra pickup truck, but I am in the market for a new pickup truck. Uh-huh. And I stopped into your dealership to see if you had any type of depiction of what a bad uh, car purchase contract would look like. And by that, I mean someone who has a variety of uh, dealer fees camouflaged under different names. I did find that you had one Palm Beach Toyota depiction in the used car showroom, and it only showed, I think, the dealer fee, which was obvious. It didn't really, uh, it didn't have any of the, you know, the license plate that cost $500 or the notary fee that costs, you know, whatever, 300 I was wondering if you have one of your contracts depicted that shows what should be there, what you call it, and how much it generally should be. Well, yeah, the um, the contracts, um, Stu? Well, I can, uh, on the Palm Beach Toyota Bars order, we do have uh, two of those displayed um, at the dealership as an example of the type of fees that you need to watch out for. Um, it does have a, uh, I believe, an electronic filing fee or a private, I forgot what they refer to. I'm looking for the file on my computer. Um, it's not just the uh, the actual the 999.95 dealer fee. Um, uh, we, we we should put our, our buyer's orders up in a showroom, even though we do have them in you know physical form. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing on not. I'm being very careful not to make this a commercial, but there are zero fees uh, itemized on our buyer's order, so there's none of that. Um, but on the Palm Beach Toyota and most car dealers, um, they typically have more than one. One's a big, large one that they're going to call a dock fee or dealer prep. Earl just went through this with a text um, question. Uh, and, but the other ones, what we call the mini dealer fees, um, other hidden fees, there's private tag agency fee, electronic filing fee. Sometimes we even see dock stamps for yeah. a small amount, like $10 or $20. And the new popular term is taxable fees. A lot yeah. of the car dealers, instead of even naming them, they just call them taxable fees. And that, that could be one, two, three, or four, whatever they decide. And it's profit. You know, the, the a hidden fee is pure profit to the dealer. Uh, it's a fee to nobody. It's just profit to the dealer. And uh, they do it any way they can disguise it to add to the quoted price that you see. Right. Well, I was I was actually looking for one of yours, and uh, I had a little difficulty until one of your used car salesmen showed me his purchase contract for his wife's vehicle and let me copy your definitive seven or eight uh, bullet points of fees that are required. Well, I'm glad you told me that, Henry. Uh, That was, uh, we should have given you a copy uh, of our vehicle buyer's order. And if you want to, uh, uh, I'll I'll be able to email you one right after the show. If you'll uh, give your contact information to me, you can text it to me to keep it private. And if if you give me your contact information, text it to 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. 
And as soon as the show's over, uh, which is over at 10 o'clock, uh, between 10 and 11, I'll text you a copy of our vehicle buyer's order. Okay. I apologize that okay. our used car salesman did not give it to you. He should have. We're very proud I of our buyer's order. In the, uh, in the new car showroom, I started on the north end of the building. There's yes. a circular desk there. Yes. I started there, and I ended up in used cars. But anyway... Thank Next you. question is that uh, I'm going for a GMC pickup truck, and I see uh-huh. that there's quite a bit of a variance from the manufacturer's suggested, I love that word, yeah. suggested retail to the actual cost of the car. So looking at a $60,000 vehicle, yeah. what might be a true and accurate bottom line price on something that uh, has a manufacturer's suggested retail for 60000 Henry, unfortunately, there's no simple answer to that because the markup varies tremendously from truck to truck, car to truck, SUV. Uh, a MSRP can be marked up as little as 10%. It can be marked up as much as 50%. So what you have to do is you need to pick the truck that you want to buy, go to Schumacher GMC truck, and then you go to Delray GMC truck, then you go to uh, the GMC truck dealer in Stewart, uh, get at least three prices on the exact same year make model truck and take the lowest one. That is the only way. You can't play the dealer's game of disc- how much is the discount percentage or how much is the markup. Uh, they can they can outwit you at that. One thing they can't outwit you on is competitive pricing, and that will get you your best deal. Yeah, and one last thing about true car. Some cars are not available on true car. Uh, that's true. Uh, there are certain manufacturers that are pro- prohibiting the dealers by contractual order. Uh, they say Toyota is one of them. They say, the Toyota has uh, told the Toyota dealers that we cannot advertise or put on true car a price below dealer invoice. It's against the rules. Honda does the same thing. And what that means is two-thirds of the cars we price below invoice. So we're prohibited by Toyota, which I think is terrible. And I think it's terrible for Honda and the other dealers that do that, uh, manufacturers that do that. We should be able to put any price we want in an advertisement. They're artificially raising the price of the cars when they do that. But that's an excellent observation. True Car does not have all the accurate pricing they should have. Well, the Denali, for one, is not even available as a, uh, you know, when you search on True Car for a GMC Denali, you can't build that car. You can build yeah. a Sierra truck, but you can't do the Denali. If the dealer doesn't choose to put it on True Car, then it won't be on True Car. Uh, True Car exists when they have a, an arrangement with the dealer, and the dealers have to participate. Stu's got a point. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going back. I've been frantically searching for uh, copies of buyer's orders. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I can jump back to it. On the uh, Palm Beach Toyota buyer's order, um, it, they, they break out a $9.99 and $95 pre-delivery service charge, and then, and then a $129.95 electronic registration filing fee. So those are the two... Um, what we call the hidden fees on, on the Palm Beach yeah. Transpires order. Okay, Henry. Well, yeah. you, you sound like you're doing your homework. You're an educated consumer, and I think you're going to get a good deal on that uh, GMC pickup. Thank you. Well, good luck. Call us back. Let Bye. us know how it went. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. 
Remember, we have that mystery shopping report coming up, and you can also take advantage of www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And I want to share a text from Sarah Jane from Pittsburgh. She's out looking for a new car, and she says that she knows that there are a lot of options installed um, with the uh, at the factory. But, Earl, can you tell her how many options are installed to boost dealer profit? Every dealer uh, has, uh, I say every, virtually every dealer has a dealer addendum, and they put on as many as they feel like they can get away with. We had a Kia dealer one time that had a, was it a $10,000 dealer addendum? I think that's the world's record. Yeah. 1,000 is common. 1500 1000 2000 they'll put in nitrogen in the tires pinstripes window tent floor mats uh, road hazard insurance uh, you know just as whatever your imagination can come up with they will add dealer installed accessories to pump the price up okay sarah jane thanks for the text and keep listening all right we got a bunch. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go rapid fire we don't want to miss the mystery shopping me. report we have bobby holding from jupiter Hello, Bobby. Hey, Bobby, we still got you there? Hi, yes. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just had an idea while you were talking about True Car and Denali and the prices being available. Yes. Maybe on maybe on your website, um, you could you could start having a what I paid for my car sort of section. They used to have that on Edmonds, but I've noticed in the last year or two, it's significantly fewer entries, um, and I'm not sure why that is, but I have a feeling it has to do with the auto manufacturers. Um, used to be you could go almost any car and find people posting from all over the country what they paid for a Honda Accord, for example, or something. Well, it's I mean, gotten a lot harder. I love that idea. That is, um, And you could just do that sort of regionally or for, or nationally, and you might be able to make money on it. You know, you could sell ads once it got a good following, but I think that might be something for one of your uh, one of your websites, and it could drive traffic. Stu, do you think uh, we could get away with this with Toyota? By uh, we're, we're prohibited by advertising a car below invoice, but if uh, Charlie Jones bought a Camry LE at such and such a price, could, could Charlie jo Jones write us a letter and say this is what he paid for the car? How could we control that? Well, we'd have to. You know have what I'm saying, how, how could they get mad at us for if somebody? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a feeling they'll they'll figure out a way. It, it would be interpreted, but we could always try it. Get We're going to try it, Bobby. Get a I guarantee. Slap on the hand and a little slap on the wrist. <laughs> Love and then, the idea. Love the idea. And we'll, we'll 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 look into that. Yeah, <laughs> like that, Bobby. <laughs> Great. Earl, Earl's you. a lot Thanks. like Elon Thanks. Musk sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Appreciate the show. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you so much. Hey, we're going to go straight to Mark in Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Mark, you there? Good morning, all. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Good. Hey, I just really have kind of a comment. I'm sitting here on my patio listening to the show. I haven't had many opportunities. I always think about it after you guys are off the air, but I haven't catch you early. But I'm just amazed at some of the broad differences between different manufacturers and how the, you guys approach the show and having consumers calling in and the broad information that you give out. It's just, it's such a service that uh, 
Thank that you, Mark. Nobody else seems to do. And uh, kudos. Uh, the consumer should, if they had more knowledge or more advertising maybe to know what you guys do and the information they can get. You know, I hear you talking about so many, uh, you know, talking about GMC trucks and not pushing Toyota so much. I myself am a one manufacturer buyer. But uh, anyway, uh, I hear uh, uh, so much good information. I just want to well, Mark, you're fading out, but uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, uh, those accolades. And, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to be in totally transparent and honest. Uh, we, we, we are able to get away with it with the car dealers because we tell the truth, and we get away with it with the manufacturers because we tell the truth. So I'm a Toyota dealer. I've been a Toyota dealer for almost 50 years. And um, Toyota lets me uh, do what I do because I tell the truth. Um, they uh, they let us uh, say things that they're not comfortable with, so I respect them for that. I mean, uh, they could squeeze me, but they don't. Been around too long to squeeze, I guess. But uh, thank yeah. you very much for the compliment. Yes, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't I don't really have any questions other than just a comment. Uh, I don't have any real car problems because I uh, uh, owner of a 2017 Camry XLE and. There's nothing wrong, so I don't have any questions for you. Just <laughs> well, want good. to say hi and and keep going, keep it up, okay? Thank Thanks you, Mark. Again, have a nice day. You too. Thank you so much for that call, Mark. We appreciate it. We yes, appreciate ma'am. all of our listeners. Uh, back to Stu. Okay, the next one. We have some incognitos, otherwise known as youranonymousfeedback.com, came in, and we'll start with the first one. Um, well, we're just going to read it as it is. I hope it doesn't offend anybody. Electric Jesus is added again, and I approve. The ruin of Tesla, the reveal of the Cybertruck, sends shares plummeting into a new low. Crap really does roll downhill from the mountain of plug-in Scientology cult. Better get out of the way. Coincidentally, that Cybertruck looks exactly like the one I drew as a child. <laughs> I probably can't <laughs> sue uh, Musk for stealing that design as it belongs to all children who draw vehicles. It's not a knock on the design. I rather like it. <laughs> but I want it to be made into reality by a different company, thanks. <laughs> and that's from an well, anonymous the, person. Yeah, the cool thing about uh, Elon Musk and Tesla is that <laughs> you can laugh at him, you can get mad at him, uh, but he's there. And, uh, uh, you know, no one can question his intelligence. Whether he survives or not, we don't know. He will survive, Mark. I'm talking about his, I mean, his, uh, uh, you know, the company as far as SpaceX is already a success. So even if Tesla goes down, SpaceX will be a success. He's a genius. Okay, next one. And I, this is from Not Stu. <laughs> Stu should be given a spinoff show. He's funny, and he has the nicest voice. So, he, he is. thank you very much. You really come a long way. When you were first on the show, you were afraid that was, you were afraid to talk. I was you terrified. Were like, you know, we have another guy. Alan Napier is afraid to talk, but he overcomes his stage fright. And by the way, Alan will be coming in on December eighteenth, fourteenth, fourteenth, December when 14th. Rick's on vacation. So, Yay. you Alan fans, <laughs> but uh, Rick, I. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Stu, you've come a long way. Well, Alan is funnier than I am, and he has a nicer voice than I do. Yeah. I don't know. So he's Earl got has that. A, a, a versatile group around him. Yeah. Uh, speaking for myself, he can't get me to shut up. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, Alan's got that Midwest, that Missouri, yeah. that Missouri drawl. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Um, oh, good one. I love attacks on Earl. They're fun. 
Oh, geez. How is it that you claim to be so customer friendly? Mm-hmm. I was in your store willing to spend over $40,000 of my hard-earned money, and neither your sales lady, nor your sales manager, nor your son would accept my offer. Avalons aren't exactly selling like hotcakes. The fact that you refuse to give me and my wife a discount proves that you are all talk and don't really care about your customers. I love that. And I mean that sincerely because the uh, haggle-hassle, the negotiation forum of selling cars is dying slowly. And there's some hardcore people that love to negotiate, and they're good negotiators. And I know how they feel. If I was really a good negotiator, by the way, I'm not, uh, strange as it may seem, um, and I don't like to negotiate. I like to have the lowest price on the product I buy and trust the person that's selling it to me. That's just me. But there's a lot of people like you, and I'm speaking to the texture here, that like to negotiate. I saw a cartoon the other day of a, it was a car dealership advertisement, I think, and said, for those of you who like to negotiate, we'll be glad to raise the price of our vehicles so there. that we can come down and sell it to you. That sounds like an idea that I had um, to accommodate those like the texter or the anonymous feedbacker who really like to negotiate and saying, we can do it the easy way, <laughs> one price in a negotia- negotiation, or you can sit in the, in the office with Bruno. Do you think our customers would have Bruno this, would crack his knuckles and sense go, of humor. <laughs> but maybe we put a point of sale you know, thing up and say, right. for those who like to negotiate, and just do the cartoon. Right. Do you think they get the humor? I think we should actually have a Bruno sitting in, wait, we used to have a Bruno. We had a Martin <laughs> Bruno. We had a, a Bruno sitting in an office with jacked arms, tattoos, gold chains, and he just cracks his knuckles when you walk in and goes, let's go. And of course, we start well over MSRP. But the serious answer to this is we honestly put our lowest price on every vehicle we sell. And uh, I tell customers that come to me and say, kind of like what you said, why won't I come down $25? I said, if I sold you the car for $25 less, then I'd be lying to all my other customers when I say I put my lowest price on the car. So we take it very seriously, and we wouldn't come one penny off to make a sale because it would uh, destroy our credibility. Next. Uh, Next one. That's one of my favorite sayings. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. That's right. And I am the negotiator. You've said that to me before. (laughs) It's very, very intimidating when you say that. Okay, hello, Earl and team. Uh, what is the best guide to determine fair pricing for buying a used car to give the buyer the best advantage before going to the dealer? Is it KBB or Edmonds or another? Thanks for all you do, and we love the show. You know, it's awfully hard because of the hidden fees. I can answer that uh, based on um, buyer beware hidden fees because no matter what price you get on a used car, uh, you can get a good uh, get, get a good price from Edmonds or um, uh, almost any auto trader, uh, but the, the problem is they're understated. Yeah. You can go to Auto Trader and you can take any used car and can sort it by price, and you will have the lowest price car at the top. And you could go there, and you or anywhere down the line. But when you go into that dealer, there can be one, two, three, multiple dealer fees. You could pay two thousand dollars in additional profit to the dealer because of hidden fees. So all I can tell you is where to go to get what should be the price and then you have to figure the dealer fee thing out on your own yeah i think the best uh use for kbb and Edmonds <clears throat> it puts you in the ballpark it gives you a rough idea of where price should be you know if it, in the low yeah. 20s high teens or something like that yeah. but the fees ruin everything i mean oh, i just thought of something carmax 
Carvana. Yeah. They don't have dealer fees. Uh, go to CarMax. They don't have it. Well, they do have a dealer fee. CarMax has a what? Uh, $299. dealer fee. Carvana, I, I don't believe, has a dealer fee. So find a, find a dealership that does not have a dealer fee and use that price on the model you're looking for when you shop and compare. That's about the only thing I can think of that will eliminate the dealer fee issue. There we go. Uh, next text. This is came in on our 772-497-6530 text line. I am almost 85 years old, and I remember when I was in my 20s and 30s, I would go to the dealer and order my car, whatever options I wanted, mm-hmm. and waiting six to, six to eight weeks from the car. Yep. Can you still do that? And that's from Joe. Yes, you can, Joe. And it's uh, not a bad way to go. And I had a, a texter earlier that said, just be sure you lock in the price when you order it because the price can go up or it can come down. You want to lock in the price you have, but the with a caveat, if there's a price reduction, you benefit. Price increase, you don't benefit. But, yeah, go order your car. You can order it anywhere. Yeah, we must have really hit a nerve or just an interest with the special order. Here's another one. It's a follow-up from Steve in New Jersey. He says, I have a follow-up question. How does Costco Auto Program pricing work with a special order of a new car? Is the price locked down at the time the order is placed or upon eventual delivery? Thanks. Costco Auto Buying Program does not apply to ordered cars. Um, it has to do with the cars that are in, in their inventory at that time. And Costco uh, will uh, be sure that you're, you have a price sheet, a buyer's price sheet, that shows the Costco price on all the cars that you have in your inventory. But if they're not in your inventory, then there is no Costco price. The, uh, well, it actually, um, just to correct you, it's not cars are your inventory. It's just what you've listed by model. So yeah. conceivably, a special order car okay. could show up. But then in that case, the advice you just gave stands, which is, no, they can't because there are things beyond the dealer's control, yeah. such as incentives and things yeah. like that. The Costco auto prices by the dealer are prices today because they can be changed anytime. And Costco will sometimes tell the dealer to change them, and sometimes the dealer will change them. So the prices on the Costco auto buying program are for today and not on ordered cars. It would be up to the dealer exactly. to have to agree with that because, as I say, the Costco price on today on a car could be one thing. Six weeks later, right. there could be incentive changes, and it would be a different price. Yeah, uh, like usually, because it, it can go both ways. Like there can be a price increase. Typically, um, when manufacturers give a price increase, it's pretty small. It might be a, a tiny percentage. Yeah. So it could go up a few hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars. Uh, but where you could get um, where you can get screwed is if a big incentive comes out on that car. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Actually, that would help you. <laughs> so, uh, it's a low risk um, thing. It's very unlikely that you're going to have a huge increase in price, other than if the dealer just decides to. If the dealer passes along the insurance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There could be something they don't they don't tell you about. So, okay. okay uh, are we all caught up? Yeah, one more. Okay. Uh, it's a question for Rick, but I think uh, it might be more of an Earl question um, regarding Hyundai. Uh, what does the lifetime drivetrain warranty cover? I'm looking at Hyundai. Is this a sales gimmick? It's a sales gimmick. Uh, powertrain warranty is uh, just uh, on the lubricated parts of the of the cars. The car parts that do not fail if the car is maintained. If you take a car in for the recommended maintenance by the manufacturer, the powertrain just doesn't fail. Um, power, powertrain warranties are typically free. Uh, car dealers give them away. Uh, or sometimes they'll, you know, charge twenty-five or thirty bucks. Powertrain warranties are worthless. 
Okay. We are caught up with text, okay. anonymous okay. feedback, and everything else. Great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to go to Earl on Cars, where you can read his hidden fees and accessory charges. That's his uh, column for this past week. And you can also read uh, Thanksgiving week. Uh, no Haggle Pricing, they're both fantastic. And there's so many other things that you can find at Earl on Cars. Okay. A highlight of the show, drumroll, the Mystery Shopping Report. We send Agent Thunder into some dealer in South Florida, and we try to buy a car or lease a car. And uh, this time, uh, the target mystery shop of Advantage Ford of Stewart in Martin County. And we call it a Takata Test. Advantage Ford of Stewart is a single-point Ford dealership in the middle of Car Row on US-1 in Stewart, Florida. The owner... Irving Matthews operates two other dealerships in Florida, Daytona Lincoln Mercury and Prestige Ford in Mount Dora. Uh, Mr. Matthews stands out as one of the most successful African-American car dealers in the United States. As a matter of fact, the Matthews Auto Group is the fourth largest minority-owned auto group in Florida. Mr. Matthews is a very engaged and charitable member of the community and made the headlines several years ago when he was a victim of what appeared to be a random shooting in Orlando. Uh, you know, I think you can't call a random shooting. He, he's a car dealer. So <laughs> random, it was a random shooting of a car dealer. Correct. It might have been because he was a car dealer. It could have been. Exactly. I digress. He recovered quickly, thank heavens, and the suspect was never apprehended. Earl Stewart on Cars has mystery shopped Advantage Ford on three prior occasions. The first time was back in 2015 for a bait-and-switch style new car ad. We followed up two years later with an investigation of a similar advertisement. In July 2018, we investigated Advantage Ford of Stewart for selling used cars with Takata airbag inflator recalls. They failed our Takata test then, but in the least egregious way, the salesperson disclosed the recall to Agent X and gave accurate information about how to go about fixing the defect. Although Advantage Ford was still willing to sell a used car with an open and dangerous recall, we put them on the recommended list for the atypical level of disclosure they gave. It's now been almost a year and a half since our last visit. During that time, more uh, but, uh, but not enough attention has been given to the Takata problem. A new national awareness campaign starring Morgan Freeman. I hope you've seen that commercial. I love it. I love Morgan Freeman. Great commercial about heads up on Takata airbags and how to find out if you have a problem with your car. Uh, also, there was a CBS news piece that I was featured in, and it really got me uh, pumped up because I thought, at last, the national news media is interested again in Takata airbags. and. Uh, I haven't seen any further on this, so I, I hope I'm not going to be disappointed this time. Our questions are, have dealers been paying attention? As Irving Matthews noticed, will Advantage Ford take it one step further and stop the sale of one of its cars that are under recall? You know, when you buy a car uh, at the auction, when dealers acquire cars on trade-ins, it's so easy. It's as easy as you can do with your car, but they're professionals. Every time they buy a car for the used car lot or trade a car in for the used car lot, all you do is go to safercar.gov. Haywood will take it over for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, literally in, in one minute. You all need to get a Haywood is what you need. Exactly. That's the guy that checks all our cars out. Yeah. 
Only one man could get us answers to this question about uh, Advantage Ford, and that's Agent Thunder. Thunder was sent in to try to buy a 2015 Jeep Wrangler with an unfixed but fixable Takata Airbag recall. He brought his whole family with him, his wife, who's six months pregnant, and his two-year-old daughter. If there was ever a reason not to sell a defective used car, that was a <laughs> picture-perfect I mean, picture family. A picture of that, walking in, a pregnant woman, She's a little, little girl, cute as a bug, and then Agent Thunder. He's cute as a bug, too. But yeah, I, I had a hard time reconciling that a guy with a nice family like that would want to buy a Jeep Wrangler, but, you know, yeah. to each. Well, he, he, he covered that up. He nicely, does, he yeah. does. When I, but when I first saw that, I'm like, eh. Yeah. I'm speaking the first person as if I were Agent Thunder. Here we go. Here's the report. Before driving to Stewart, I called Advantage Ford to get confirmation that the Jeep was there and available for sale. It was. I loaded the family into the car and drove north. When we arrived, we saw a busy service department and slow sales department. The service drive was a beehive of activity, but once inside, we found a morgue-like showroom. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a tough adjective to use, <laughs> morgue-like. I don't like that. that. That was mine, sorry. Yeah, sleepy with a sleepy showroom. <laughs> okay. Morgue, I don't like. All right. The receptionist was very cheerful and greeted us right away. I asked for a salesperson. Within a minute, we were approached by Brandon. I told him we were there to see the Jeep. I said we needed something cool as a counterbalance to the lame minivan <laughs> in our driveway. Brandon laughed, asked if I was the one who called. Earlier I said I was. Brandon said we could start by looking at the vehicle. Then he asked for my driver's license and auto insurance card. My wife advised him that she and my daughter would wait outside and look around while I drove the Jeep. We found the Jeep and Brandon did a pretty good job of explaining all the features. I told him that I had to work pretty hard to convince my wife that the Wrangler would be safe to drive. I like that because mm -hmm. you're right. Why would you buy a Jeep if you exactly. had a pregnant wife and, and a two-year-old kid? I, I think Agent Thunder is just a, um immature man-child who... who yeah. Well, he is a bit of <laughs> He's that, listening but, right now. But anyway. <laughs> Brandon said it wasn't a Volvo, but he would consider it a safe vehicle. Well, yeah. we call that puffery. Uh, some people would call it a lie. <laughs> Puffery. Puffery, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, the, Does the, that date well, me? The, the, the government, uh, government lets it uh, drive the, the highways of America. So. You Google it. Google it. Puffery. All Puffery right. is something that business people can use when advertising their products. And it's, it's basically saying it's legal to lie. Because just because you puff up your product to a greater than life size, it's okay. They're puffing some hot air in there. Exactly, yeah. So in court, when they sue you, you say, puffery. And the judge says, case dismissed. I have a trivia question if we have time. A, tri a trivia point. Okay. The term originated, puffery, originated in 1892 in the English Court of Appeal case, Carlyle versus the Carbolic Smoke Ball Company. <laughs> true. That's true, folks. <laughs> they were puffing smoke balls. <laughs> I asked, anyway, uh, we're talking about the safety and... Uh, and uh, now we get back to the report. I asked about this one in particular. Were, were there any safety issues with this Jeep? Brandon said it was a great car and that no safety problems had come up uh, during inspection. Now, think about yourself. You're going in here, and most people, when they buy a vehicle, they don't keep pumping and pumping and pumping and pushing about safety. But we do when we shop. So we asked, and these are no safety problems uh, during the inspection. Well, that's technical true. That's technically true. Mm -hmm. He said we would look at the auto check report, which is like a Carfax, 
uh, later, and that should uh, that should put my mind at ease. Okay, I assume you got to assume that they looked at it at some point when they bought the car or traded the car in. I enjoyed the uh, test drive with Brandon. He made easy conversation, came across as honest and straightforward. The Jeep was fun to drive and ran smoothly. We returned to the dealership and went inside. We found my wife and daughter, uh, then sat down at Brandon's desk. My wife asked if there were uh, any mechanical problems. She had relented. Uh, she had relented to my desire to get a Jeep, but she wouldn't tolerate sinking money into repairs. Brandon reported that it had passed inspection with flying colors. More. Okay, it's the Jeep's fine. Puffery. Yeah, puffery. My wife <laughs> pressed on. What about accidents? Wives do press on sometimes. Brandon said, oh, that was a chauvinist so statement. Husbands. husbands press on a lot. That too. was totally. I saved you on that one. I apologize. Brandon said he would print a copy of the auto check report. He began to explain and what auto check was. But my wife interrupted, and mice are prone to interruption. So are husbands. Sometimes, sometimes. To let him know she was familiar with it. Brandon pointed out, that there were no accidents reported, and the, oh, there were no accidents reported, and there was one open recall. Okay, kind of like oh, by the way, there's a recall. Uh, he thumbed his way to the page with the recall and explained. He said it was a Takata airbag recall that still needed to be fixed. He said it was not a major deal to get it taken care of. He said he would take it right across the street to Wallace. Why didn't you take it across the street to Wallace right. when on you the, bought the on car the way in. or traded in? Okay, I'm that's you know. That's not in the text here. No. He said the repairs could only be done by the manufacturing dealer and that it was 100% free. That's true. I looked at my wife for approval, and she nodded. I suggested we review the numbers. I told him we wanted to finance, that I had great credit and was thinking about putting $5,000 down. I could go up to $7,000 if I had to. I wanted to be under $500 a month. Brandon excused himself, went to the buyer order worksheet, the price was the same as I'd seen online. That's good. Twenty-four nine eighty-eight. They added a five ninety-nine dock fee, hidden fee, okay, and a seven hundred six dollar non-tax fee, hidden fee, BS, added profit to the dealer. Yeah, and I just want to add in there when we say hidden fee. When, when they show them the buyer's order, obviously it's not hidden. But where it was hidden was when Agent Thunder was online yes. looking at this great price for yeah. a Jeep. Yeah. And that fee was hidden somewhere yeah. down in some fine print at the bottom of the webpage. Yeah, that's hidden because you only see it on the paperwork. And sometimes you don't even see it on the worksheet. Sometimes right. you don't see it until you go into the finance department, a.k.a. the box. And then you have about a slim chance or none of ever seeing yeah. the hidden fees. Uh, the payments were presented in grid form with $5,000 down. My payment would be between $533 and $543 for 60 months, and between 468 and 478 for 72 months. I asked about the 599 dock fee. Brandon said it was a dealer fee, just a standard charge. Real quick on those payment ranges. Yeah. Another term I don't know if we used on the air before. It's called a little leg. When, when yeah. they have a leg, there's a little, a leg, little, yeah. little room for the finance yeah. guy to say yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, little leg. That's a dealer vernacular. That might be my next book. I keep thinking about a little leg. another book, but I could do dealer vernacular hidden in, in, in yeah. well, internal. We have, well, we have that in your current book. We have a glossary. Yeah, no, we need more. We got to update it. But well, I, wouldn't, be I don't think book. we have a little leg in there. No, we don't. Yeah, We, have a, we have a new revision coming out. Earl, that would be a very thick book. It would be. I mean, <laughs> there has been a tome. 
quite hmm? a tome. It'd exactly. be a dictionary. Exactly. Okay, moving right along. My <laughs> wife said that if I was happy with a Jeep, she was happy with the numbers. She thanked Brandon and said we needed to take our kid to get something to eat. And I bet she didn't say kid. She probably said our child. Our beautiful guys say angel. kid and ladies Her, say child. Yeah. Uh, we returned in an hour and a half. Could he hold the Jeep for us? Brandon said yes. So there you have it. Technical failure on the Takata test. Uh, we can vote on this. We'd love to hear your votes. Uh, Facebook. Uh, you can text us, 772-497-6530. And uh, let us know whether Advantage Ford should be passed, um, ABCDF, whether or not they fail. Uh, we'll go around the uh, room here, and we'll take the test. Uh, what do you say, Rick? What do you think about Advantage Ford and Stewart? Uh, I'm going to give them a B. Yeah. Because I think they should have had it taken care of, but yeah. he did let them know what it was. He didn't try to hide it or anything. Exactly. So I'll give them a, on the curve. I'll give them the B. I, I agree. Nancy, what do you think? Well, I'm with Rick. I, I think that... Uh, I'm going to give them a B. You know, there was some communication, and uh, I'm a little hesitant, you know, but I guess well, at this point be. i got to bend a little bit. You should be. The average buyer would have bought the car, wouldn't have asked a question about the right. airbag, and and that's that, that's bad, but you got to grade on the curve, Stu. Yeah, I'm grading on the curve, too, along with our listeners. Um, grades are coming in. Uh, Dean gives him a C minus. Maria gives him a B. Elgin gives him a C plus. Linda, who is our online Black Widow, who gives the big fat S, gives him a C, which is pretty impressive. I'm, I'm going to give him a. Um, I'm going to give him a C also. Yeah, you know the, the sad thing about this, and uh, is it's kind of uh, the sad thing is that we can pass and give grades as high as a B to somebody that not repair a fixable Takata airbag and who likely would have sold the car without even revealing it had the customer not persisted in, in questioning. So it, it says to me something about the attitude of the uh, auto industry, the attitude of the retail and the manufacturer's auto industry, and even the customers. You know, we have become, um, what's the word, used to? It's uh, so complacent. Complacent, that's a better word. Uh, Rick? Mark from Iowa gives him a B. B, yeah. Yeah, you, you have to. But our standards are so low, folks, that we now have to give good grades to dealers that will sell you a car with a dangerous recall. And uh, that's just life in the big city. We can't, we can't fail a dealer because if we did, there'd be no place that we would recommend you buy a car. That's not realistic. So, there we have it. There we have it. Our standards are low. <laughs> Our standards have to be low. I mean, you know, it was like when I was in school. I remember uh, sometimes they grade on the curve, and I didn't know a thing about the subject, and I would, and I wouldn't answer very many questions. But everybody else was so dumb that I would end up uh, passing the uh, test. I mean, I get a passing grade when I knew myself I, I didn't deserve to. And a lot of you car dealers out there, let me just implore you to, I mean. Even if you're not, not going to cost any cars to sell, why don't you just make it part of your policy? Tell your used car manager, you cannot put a car on my used car lot until you do the safercar.gov check and 
the airbag or any other dangerous recall has been fixed. Don't put it on the lot for sale. If you do put it on the lot for sale, your salesman's not going to tell the buyer about it. So I'm I'm employing to you as good people out there, as people that care about your fellow man and fellow woman. You don't want to hurt people. I get an idea for them. What? Take the little extra time and expense to get that fixed, and then start promoting the fact that you're not selling any uh, used vehicles with Takata airbags. Exactly. You might sell some more used vehicles. But the challenge will be to get your salespeople to tell your customers that, because even... The salespeople. Now I'm going to get a little commercial here. I've got uh, we 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 will not sell a car at our dealership uh, that has a dangerous recall, and we're the only dealer I know that won't. And we tell our salespeople this, and we advertise this. We also mystery shop our own dealership. And do you know what my salespeople often forget to tell the customer about the recall policy? About the recall policy. So it's an it's complacency, as Nancy said earlier. It has just become like, okay, you got a live grenade in the front seat of your car, and it may go off, it may not, but eh, roll the dice. Probably won't. I mean, what the heck? Bad things don't put happen kid, to me. Put your kid in the in the in the child seat, and you just go ahead and drive that car, and that live hand grenade probably won't blow up. They think about statistics and odds, and I'll tell you one thing. I used to have a fear of flying. I was consciously aware of the odds of getting killed in a plane crash for nothing, but the idea of going through that, yeah. that, that ruined it for me. So, yeah. yes, it's low odds you're going to get blown up by your airbag. I go, but if it happened to you, damn, that would suck. Yeah. Yeah. Rick? I'll add a little more to your commercial. Mm-hmm. Toyota actually has a program for mobile repairs on airbags really? where yeah. a technician can be sent to a customer's house to a used car lot to a rental agency or any place with a fleet of vehicles that has one or more vehicles that need to be repaired, and Toyota will even reimburse extra pay to cover that technician's time to go to that location and fix the airbags on site and come back. Will they do that uh, for an individual, or does it have to be a fleet or multiple? I believe I also saw for an individual as well to actually, because we when when Takata airbags were uh, our we couldn't get them at the time. Mm-hmm. We actually had a lot of customers in rental cars, and because we had no place to store their cars, we would have them keep their car at home, and then we would actually tow their car to the dealership, repair it, charge up their battery, and then return it back to them. Well, I would uh, like to ask all our listeners to check with their manufacturers of the car they own, and uh, I'd like to hear if you could call in next week. Uh, let's find out how many manufacturers are actually offering that service. Kudos to Toyota, and I know I'm a Toyota dealer, but I usually say other things about Toyota. I'm going to say kudos to Toyota that they will actually send a technician out to repair airbags anywhere, replace airbags, inflators, I should say. You know, it took everything I had to give um, advantage for a Honda. B and uh, <clears throat> advantage. What did you say, Stu? I'm sorry. Honda's doing it, too. Uh, uh, so, uh, at any rate, uh, uh, here we have uh, Agent Thunder, you know, uh, and his wife. Uh, might I add, she was pregnant, and they had their child with them. And so, hey, listen, uh, you can take and you can uh, do whatever. Uh, but uh, the fact remains that Takata airbag, it kills. 
uh, that shrapnel will kill. And if anyone has listened to uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, you can see that he has hit the social media, and uh, this here is should not be ignored. And a lot of used car dealers are ignoring it. So, Folks, with all that said, uh, we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We'll be right back here next Saturday. Ah, well, turned out to be a great show.